I'm your host this evening, Joel Lessies, and I'm here with my good, dear friend, Sam Floyd, to see sort of what arises in our spontaneous conversation. So, so what's what's been going on for you? Like, what have you been dreaming of and thinking of and, and wanting and building toward? That is several different questions, and I'm going to answer them kind of in turn. I've been really struggling to sleep lately because I just moved into a new apartment or a house and every time I wake up I'm listening and I've been really thinking about that a lot like just the hours between the sunrise when just there's no activity and it's just me and the sound of silence and the difference between that and the echoes that come that scare me and you know just that and the idea of like just the hours when I get off work where there's nothing going on and I'm just sitting at the top of the stairs and I'm just listening and there's like maybe there's a dog barking or whatever or the kids in the background doing what they're doing but there's like this this echo of I don't know if you can say echo of silence, but there's like this piece of silence is like an oasis that I can find. And I'm just enjoying that vibing on that for most of the day, um, waiting for that for to get to that place and where I can find that island, that oasis of silence. And that's what I try to dream of. That's really what I try to dream of. I'm trying to move away from that listening in the dark for catastrophe to listening in the dark for that oasis. It's a big distinction and it's an important distinction. You're, you're, you've developed these tools of like listening and responsiveness and discernment, but you're also like, you're a poet, right? Will you talk, talk to us a little bit about your poetry? The great thing that I've actually often talk to people about was the what how silence plays into my poetry how it plays into the work that I have I've been called a spoken word artist I call myself a poet because the difference to me is the silence in that work Mm -hmm. and the stillness I love kismet and stillness it's the two things that really just excite me about poetry I've come to this place where the oasis with my poetry, where I'm looking for that kismet, I'm looking for that stillness, and I'm finding it behind whatever, whatever's standing in front of it. So whatever's blocking it, I'm just going for it full tilt. I think um, Barbara Ross wrote a book of poetry that I really think of. Um, in those moments. And I still look to Rumi, Roka, Rumi, where they have these moments of kismet and stillness that I can find in their work. And I strive to be more like them in that way. Still, I strive to be more, there's a poem by Siku Sundiata. I couldn't say it off the top of my head if I wanted to, to do it justice, but it's like, Baby, 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 this I know there's a story going down all night long. And it's just like, 
he's doing it, but there's like this, this stillness in there. And there's this, like this moment where he is like, he's reaching out as he's saying it. And it's, it's true communication. It's because it communicates something that's deeper in me Mm. than some poets may, uh, or some songs or some communication may kind of come out with. I've been really working toward building these things into a way of explaining or uh, like an essay or something like that. Like, I would say more, uh, there's a story poem and I'm trying to think of what it's called. Every time I write a story poem, I always go for the soliloquy. I just, it's just something that I always get to. Like with Shakespeare doing um, the Midsummer Night's Dream. He literally just said, bottom's dream because it has no bottom. And I'm like, that's where I want to be. Sam, where did poetry find you and where, where has it brought you? Poetry found me. Poetry found me in a basement with all the lights off, staring at TV, the television, lost just waiting and like at a crossroads just just standing there or sitting um cuddled up in a blanket and next thing i know i'm listening to siku sundiata and i think he was on like the tonight show or he was on um hbo's um russell simmons deaf poets and i was listening to him do his poetry and then poetry found me again. I was listening to Wit and John Donne and just, it just kept finding me over and over and over again. And then as I started to come out of that, out of that basement and into the rest of the world, I just kept connecting with people through poetry. Mm-hmm. Like Sherry Robbins heard me do Siku Sundiata and she just stopped and she was like, what, what's going on here? Other people have just always gravitated toward me and helped me to understand myself better through my poetry. So that's what poetry has really done for you is offer you a mirror. Yes. My reflection. Um, it's been, it's been the way that I see myself and how people see me in the world. It's given me that olive branch. I think actually. That's beautiful. I met you through poetry. I met you through poetry too. (laughs) Yes. Yes. We met each other through poetry. Yes. Yeah, we met each other through the MHA Writing and Well-Being. In Buffalo, there was an organization, uh, uh, MHA Mental Health Association of Erie County. And I think I used to be a part of the Writing and Well-Being group there. And that's what we I um, met you there and I've been a lifelong subscriber. Yeah. You, of you you um how do we inspire uh, me it's we say uh it's it's reciprocal yes subscribers yes. of one another yeah because you two inspire me sam let me ask you do you have any poems i have a poem here that i will read for you i want to know about the stains oil and grease fire and burns i want you to tell a story tell me a story infinite in depth tell it good tapered back like an ocean, reaching, that just could not make the ample shore. I want to know about the stains, 
burns itched against the table, the floor, the border, the horizon, the sky. As a child, the one thing that got me in trouble was being rebellious, rebelling against what I thought was wrong. And I often ended by adding insult to my own injury. I wish I had paid more attention. I wish I'd asked more questions. Yeah. That is a new poem. Yeah, that's nice. You're still, you want to like tighten it a little bit, but that's an awesome poem. That's just an awesome poem. I wrote that poem in reflection of just thinking about some things that had happened in my past. Yeah. Like a fire that happened in my past and how that affected me. Mm-hmm. So it was the beginnings of telling that story. That's I find that really poetry very useful for that, for telling for telling story or giving voice to things that might not otherwise find its way into the world. Yeah. Like our experiences are important and they are valid and they mean something to others when we put them in a poem and we offer them out to the world then they touch others you know that's 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 when relationship begins to form yes they breathe with us are you putting together a new book of poems sam or i'm working on putting together a book of poems i almost i think it's allegory actually the word i was looking for was allegory i'm Mm -hmm. looking i'm trying to build something that a poem book that kind of tells the story of the first half of my life that's been me compiling and writing new poems to kind of fill in the gaps of things that happened in my childhood yeah and in my recent years a lot of the nuts and bolts but piecing it together yeah but poetry poetry is your form poetry is your voice yeah i was speaking at a um shut up and write group Mm -hmm. and and they, he said something that I thought was interesting. He said, your voice is very strong in that poem. And he said that you, like, it was visual for him. It oh. was visual for him. He, I was pacing at the time. He said, he said, if you put that on, like, out there and just, like, do it the way you're doing it, it, it will be, like, it's something he would be interested in looking at. And yeah. I was like, that's awesome. Because I never thought that my poems could be vi- visual outside of the, you know, the mental eye, the mind's eye, um, to really put pictures to them in that kind of way. So now I'm thinking that the best thing that I've ever stumbled into was to find a kind of spark. It sparked an idea. Do you have a title for this project or no? Um, I do. I I told you at once I was trying to do something called Wild Arc. Uh-huh. And that's kind of the title for the working title for right now. That's nice. Yeah, that's nice. Because basically it's like it's all over the place, but it's like compositing it into an arc, into mm-hmm. something that can be have a trajectory. Yeah, that's wonderful. Do you have any poetry, Joel? I, uh, I've been working on Odyssey of Autumn's Breath, which is my manuscript, my autobiography of pro- poetry and prose. You know, I got to tell you, Sam, one of the most, I don't know where, I don't know if it's like some uh, cultural saying or if it's, it came to me on my own, but like we take shelter beneath the wings of friendship. It should be. That's the way it really should be. Um, <clears throat> I'm wondering, do you have another poem? This poem goes, like my father 
Waiting in the kitchen, you keep to yourself a flavor in the atmosphere, an element in the sauce. Like an old black man humming in the church, tinkering in the back of the house, singing songs about justice and mercy. Who's that about? That is, every time I write a poem about uh, fathers um, or like older, they kind of ring to me as older poems. Mm-hmm. Like thinking about like more like old, I think about my grandmother and her family and we used to live in a house where there was like a back old uh, back room and yeah. my her brother came over one day Uncle Milton and he was skinning uh, he had just went fishing and he um, seemed like this gentleman that I really should have known better. Oh. And my uncle, my uncle Junior, and um, he took us out to do martial arts in the in the alleyway next to the house, and those that was like the the main thing I remember about him was that he was is a martial arts person. He really enjoyed martial arts. He loved comic books, or he loves comic books. Yeah. And I don't have the relationship with him that I would like to have with the yeah. males in my family. So that's where that poems comes from. And just the idea of like um, having a stronger connection to the masculine men in my family. Yeah. Who seem to keep to themselves. They shuffle off to rooms to watch TV while the kids and the um, sisters talk. So it's like a reaching out. Yeah, kind of. That's cool. I think I'm, I'm amazed by the diversity of what poems can do. We practice poetry in order to learn new things about ourselves. We practice poetry in order to learn new languages. We practice poetry in order to, to build something greater than ourselves. So I, um, I think the most interesting thing is like, the way we grow, the most interesting thing is the way we grow as like, I have children and um, my childhood was scattered at best. And I think growing up, I never wanted to be, take the place of the, the um, pa- is it patriarch? I think it's patriarch yeah. or the person, the, the top tier person and stuff like that. And as I grew up, I never thought of that, but I think that is kind of like when people think of um, God, that's yeah. kind of what they think of. They think of that um, that masculine energy of like protection and they uh-huh. think of that masculine energy of like comfort and stuff like that. Yeah. And I never thought of it that way because I would think of the word patriarch and I would just be like, well, oh, that's just a scary big top dog kind of thing. And it's like just thinking about it as that could be protection, that could be comfort, that could be like there's other things that go into that saying of masculine energy as positive or as supportive a lot of people a lot of people move to this this understanding of god as um a patriarch 
or just the pa- the patriarch. Right. But there's more to it than that. And I think we, at some point, have kind of, we lose something by um, not looking at the positives as well as the negatives. Yeah. Because making um, God the mother of the world, that literally is the same idea as making it the father of the world. I could not agree it's, more. There is no difference. No. And because it's personal to people. It's personal to people. It is personal to people. If you, But it's still that parent, that, per, that person, that person who nurtures. Yeah. So when I say parent, I mean the nurturing parent. To a, a parent is what a parent should be, a nurturer, yeah. both yeah. father and mother, or mother and mother, or father and father. Yeah. Yes. And when I say um, the ineffable, that encompasses all the aspects of the theological, the the everything outside of that that feeling outside of the feeling that people get when they say mother or father that encompasses all of that. But to me saying ineffable also denotes that feeling of caring and support. And because to me, that is what it is to me. And um, the, the most interesting thing, we spend a lot of time thinking about what others think or what other words others people use and not bonding over the idea behind them, the ideas behind them. I once, um, this is a story that is just the bee's knees. So I once almost got into an argument with someone who was listening to the music I was listening to as a kid, untamed, rebellious kid listening to um, some heavy metal music and such. And this person listened to rap music. To some people, there may not be a difference. Like you're listening to uh, um, someone say something about one community. I'm listening to somebody say something that's from another community. But the person actually was very upset with me. The weird thing about it was we were both sitting in a van for a Christian Bible camp. Mm. So actually, we weren't supposed to be listening to either kind of music, secular music, but the person was very upset. Now, at the time, I didn't, I I laughed because that's just who I am at that point. Um, I laughed and not at the person, but just at the absurdity of the situation. It was like, you picked up my headphones, put on my headphones and decided that what I was listening to was wrong who asked you to pick up my headphones and listen to my music. Like at no point did I invite you (laughs) to my headspace. So that was, I thought that was interesting. I just laughed at the absurdity of it. This is one of those stories that I think about often in my own head, in my own head canon or my own way of thinking about things that just, it always screams this song of strange, like, like we were saying before, Life is uncertain. You learn lessons. Things happen. I think when you think of um, ineffable person or ineffable God, what you're thinking of may never come close. But the feeling it gives you 
the idea that you can be close to something without like a long distance relationship doesn't come close, but it's like a long distance relationship. When you read, when I read Rilke, when you read poetry, read the Bible, when you read the Torah, when you read, when you have that feeling square in your sights, that is something to be discussed. Absolutely, brother. So to bring it back to uh, what is your, what are, what are your hopes for this book? Like, what are your dreams for the book? My dreams for the book are do something that is not new, but something that is new for me and be open in a way that excites. Like, I really want to like, look at the book. I want to be able to read my own work and have someone look at me the way, the way people look at um, Rilke. Um, people look at and say, you hit on something here because I come from scattered pieces of Buffalo. I come from the scattered pieces of Florida. I come from like a scattered childhood. And I wanna be able to like express that in a way that really finds home in some people. I've, I've talked to my brother a lot, uh, my twin, and yeah. he does poetry as well. He always does like these little shout outs in his work uh-huh. and he says, his, his favorite saying, I'm going to say it as a saying, I didn't write it for everyone. I wrote it so that you, which he means me, uh-huh. can hear in that work something, a little piece of our childhood. Yeah, and yeah. that's what I'm trying to do. I want people to be able to invest in the same thing that we invest in when we invest in each other. We take shelter beneath the wings of friendship. He's big into uh, Christianity. And he often talks about God in this way that like, I wish I could bring my love of Rilke and poetry to him in a way that he would see the same things in the work as he sees in the Bible. Rilke as a disciple or Rilke as Jesus, like what Rilke is to you, Jesus is to your brother. Exactly. Yeah. And you just want to share that with him. I just want to share that with, I want to share that with more people. A lot of the times, odd thoughts about like life or whatever, but that's not who all poets are. And that's not why I do it. Right. So that's kind of the idea is to just take some elements of life and understanding and just sprinkle them out there and see if I can get some bite, see if I can make a home out there for poetry with other people. And they'll understand this was done out of love. My heart goes out to them. I'm just wondering if you have any final thoughts or another poem to share. Um, I think I was going to read this older poem. I know emotions hard to ignore, but we do like the words got any change. I know suffering like wanting and fist fights and solving the problem by chewing through limbs. We are dying footsteps and you like a heartbeat, like pointless laughter, you are everywhere in my mind. You are, sounds like falling, feels kind of urgent. It just sounds like falling. Beautiful brother. Well, many blessings to you and your family, Sam. As always, this time flew by and I'm so honored to have you as a friend and fellow poet. I look forward to uh, future episodes with you.
Do you want to plug comma 23? I would like to say podcast about all the ups and downs of things that go on. You've been doing comma 23 for, you have about five episodes now, right? Yes. And you have like a, a guest on each one that's been me, right? Yes, I have. I've loved it. I've loved it. So we're looking forward to more of those. And Sam, it's been a pleasure. Have a good night.